All right, hello and welcome to Sketchbook Audio. I'm your host, Ryan Sketch, here with a really interesting episode of Sketchbook Audio visually. Uh, last weekend, well, the just past couple days, I was at the Chicago Auto Show in, of course, Chicago, Illinois, and there were a lot of cool things to see. Just Chicago has just become a far better version of what the Detroit Auto Show uh, should be, and Detroit just isn't there. It's not pulling in the crowds that it used to. It's not showing off uh, the way it used to. And Chicago has just stepped up and said, hey, we're over here. Not too far away. Come on over. We'll take good care of you. And they have. They they put on a great show, even just for the media and the press, uh, where at times it's pretty slow. It's pretty empty, so to speak. But uh, shortly after we left, uh, the crowds just came in droves and uh, it was really exciting so stay tuned because we're going to talk about that and have a good time here at sketchbook audio all right folks we are back thank you for tuning in first and foremost i wanted to just say thank you to all of my listeners and now viewers uh this has been an interesting journey over the past i don't know like four years now and uh I find myself sometimes, you know, lacking, sometimes like skipping things and realizing that I I'm really do have fun doing these. And uh, now that I've been able to add video, you can see the smile on my face. So, uh, you know, it brings me great pleasure to be able to do these things for you guys and to bring you the news. And of course, I kind of do like going to the media shows at the auto shows. It's a pretty uh, nice perk for having a podcast and of course a video channel, which by the way, is going to be uploaded now to YouTube. So for any of the videos that you have missed in the past, I'm going to start uploading those to YouTube post haste, and uh, that should be pretty exciting. Um, so you'll be able to watch it on Anchor, you'll be able to watch it on YouTube, you'll be able to watch it on all the things. Uh, you will also continue to be able to hear it on pretty much any podcast platform, whether it's Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or of course, Anchor.fm, which is the one that I currently uh, am using. I love Anchor. One of the cool things, and nobody really utilizes it, but it's actually a really cool feature. Uh, I had a couple people in the beginning when I first started my podcast use it, and I don't know, people just kind of ignore the fact that it's there. All you got to do is go to Anchor.fm, download the app if you'd like, and you can actually send me a voice message, which I can then plug into the podcast. I can answer your questions, or I can go and do whatever it is that you ask of me to do, as long as it's related to cars. So go ahead and take advantage of that. Take advantage of the opportunity that I'm giving you to give me audible feedback or to just ask a question or have me do something related to cars, whether it's go to a car show uh, or try to go somewhere that I haven't been yet related to cars. Speaking of which, I do have a awesome opportunity that is coming up in just two months and I am so excited to talk to you guys about it, but I'm gonna save that for the very end. But for right now, First thing I wanted to do before we jump into the Chicago Auto Show stuff, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, a couple of things that popped up at the Super Bowl. If you were there, cool. If you weren't and you got to watch the commercials from at home, even better, honestly, because the game was kind of like, eh, it was all right. Not None of my teams were playing and you know, I just didn't really bother with it, but there were some cool automotive car commercials. And if you caught any of them, you probably saw the well, he's not Ron Burgundy, but it is Will Ferrell, and he has cheated on Dodge and has switched over to the dark side. I mean, uh, the blue side uh, with um, Chevrolet. So GM had a lot of 
electric vehicles that they wanted to show off, including the Lyric, the Celestique, the Chevy Silverado EV, the GMC Sierra EV, and of course the Hummer EV. Those were all featured in some little ways uh, with Will Ferrell. I did like the fact that he kind of played off of either The Last of Us or Walking Dead and uh, Bridgerton. <laughs> That was kind of random and funny, but I was really hoping for a return of Ron Burgundy. And I pushed that even further because Ben Stiller did a little bit of a return of Zoolander. And that was pretty fun. That was a nice throwback, and I, I certainly appreciated it. Uh, Autoblog had some news today, and I wanted to go over that. If you're not familiar with it, go to autoblog.com, and here you will find tons of news. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all these nitty gritties, a lot of recalls, a lot of stuff about building new battery plants here in the U.S. What I wanted to talk about uh, are a few cool new products that are coming very soon. And one of these, I don't believe I got to see this at Chicago. I don't think they had this. They had every other Bronco possible, but they did not have this to my knowledge. Um, but what this is, is the King of Hammers edition. And if you don't know what the King of Hammers is, don't worry about it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's actually a really cool event. And if you have the opportunity and you're into Baja races or you're into off-roading, hardcore off-roading for these kind of SUVs, then you definitely want to go to King of Hammers and uh, the uh, Baja one in um, Mexico. Southern, it's like really, really far in California, but it's, it's Mexico. Uh, so this one is a special edition with some Fox Factory stuff uh, with a lot of other... Uh, aftermarket things like the bigger wheels, the bigger tires. Um, you've got a really cool graphics package. You've got a new front bumper, which with this crazy uh, brush card. But as you take a look at it, you see that this is no ordinary run-of-the-mill Bronco, nor is it a Raptor. Uh, this is probably going to slot somewhere in between the Raptor and um, just a normal like wild track, we'll say. And I, I say normal lightly. The wild track is no bare bones. Uh, beast it is a pretty cool rig and you can see they've added quite a few modifications to this and you know you could read the details but what I am most excited about really is the graphics package I know that sounds silly but it's one of those things that we don't get a lot of and uh, Ford really pulled out all the stops to give uh, potential Bronco owners this really cool graphic package and you have this matte black look here with some gloss black accents all around and of course you have the big giant hammer right there which is awesome nice little throw to the hammer uh, race here and this is something that i definitely want i would love this and frankly i think wrangler and jeep and jeep owners should be a little bit peed at this this is this is cool this is something that jeep has not offered they have not done something like this and it's funny because when i worked at fox which was uh what 2019 to 2021 um we always had people coming in talking about the koh right king of hammers uh we always had whether it was athletes or people from ford people from jeep um whoever toyota we were trying to get them to go to the koh we were trying to get them involved in it and uh, you know we were always taking vehicles out there to see what they could do, but nobody really stepped up to say, "Hey, let's do a King of Hammers package." I think that would be freaking awesome, and it is. Look at this thing. This thing is just wild and cool, and I love it. And I can't wait to see one of these things in person. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. The next thing is this one. I'm a little bit curious about this because 
I don't really remember Volkswagen saying anything about showing off another new electric car, but lo and behold, here it is. And I don't know what this thing is. I'm thinking this is a pathway and these are headlights and it's guiding in a very direct way. I don't exactly know. Oh, there's a, there's a video. Let's watch the video together. Oh, I ruined it. I ruined it. Let's go back. Okay, so we got some water. We got some wheels. Got some camouflage for prototype. Makes sense. This looks like a night drive. Sure, yep, definitely a night drive. Ooh, I like the light graphic. It goes across the whole front. Ah, and then you see a car driving down this path with an illuminated Volkswagen logo. Uh, frankly, this feels something like maybe a competitor to the um, the Fisker Ocean. Maybe, who knows? I don't know for certain. But uh, what we have here in America right now as far as electric Volkswagens go is the ID4. Not that it's a bad car, it's a very good car. In fact, actually, if you watch later in this uh, podcast, you will see my review of the ID4. I like it. I think it's a great car. Uh, but like a lot of owners, I'm not an owner, but like a lot of the people who have seen it or have used it or own one, there's a couple little issues with it. And we'll talk about that later. But uh, I don't know what Volkswagen this is. We're certainly not getting the ID3, which is the tiny little hatchback that's kind of like the Golf. Um, and I don't think this is a very large vehicle, possibly larger than the ID4. It would make sense for the United States to have more larger SUVs that are electric. So who knows? But that should be shown very soon. Now, I did like that it says sound on because uh, when you turn up the volume, all you hear are ambient noises. You hear the water, you hear the wheels a little bit you know, the tire on the gravel or the snow. And uh, that's not not a lot. I think what they're trying to go for is, oh, it's an electric car. That's all you should be hearing is nature and everything around you. So pretty cool. I'm all for it. Uh, can't wait to see what it is. And hopefully I will have a way of reviewing it for you guys. All right, on to the next one. Now this one I'm going to talk in more detail about later. But in case you didn't know, Ram has showed off, which is kind of weird. Uh, what their exact Ram Rev, uh, their electric vehicle, is going to look like. And this is it. Now, if it looks familiar, that's because it is. Everything from, like, here is all new. And everything from here back is what we currently have. Not a bad thing. It's just surprising because... And I'll show you this later. What we saw at the Chicago Auto Show, what we saw at CES, was not this. Something similar in regards to the front end, but certainly not this. There was a lot of stuff missing, and maybe there's a good reason why. But we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, the last thing I wanted to show you guys was this. And this is funny. If you saw this at the, uh, the um, football game last night, then you already know. If you haven't seen it, well, we're going to watch it real quick because it's pretty funny. An electric vehicle, but worried that it could leave you unsatisfied. 
then you could be one of many Americans concerned about premature electrification. What? Symptoms may include fearing you might not be able to last as long as you'd like. <laughs> there was plenty of charge before, and sometimes it goes away. A lot of times. I've been working a lot. Being unsure if you'll have enough power to handle your payload. I don't know if I got the power for this baby. I'm adventurous. I like to go all the way. I don't want to all the way. if we're even going to make it. Yeah. It's a concern. Lacking the confidence about getting and being able to keep a charge. Having to stop every time we got really excited, that wouldn't work for me. Stop. Start. Stop. Start. If PE, premature electrification, is something you're worried about, go to ramrev.com and find out if the Ram 1500 Rev... Okay, before we go on too far, I'm laughing uh, quite a bit because I, I think that's just a really funny commercial. Well done, Ram. Uh, the one thing I wanted you guys to notice, I'm going to move my camera here. Uh, this is very similar to the current gen's interior, but there is clearly some new features. For one, you have a new screen. It's not quite different from the current one, but there's some other stuff going on like this. For instance, the hydrographic is a little bit different. It almost looks like a camouflage or something else going on there. It's not the carbon fiber-esque look. Uh, and over here, there is a screen. That's pretty awesome. And if you look even further, the dash uh, screen, the infotainment screen, talks a lot about the electric performance or uh, whatever's going on in regards to the battery and the charge. But over here is the entertainment stuff. So, you know, definitely a page out of the Wagoneer and the Grand Cherokee book. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for RAM. There's a lot you could do and a lot that could be done with a vehicle like this and this, not just from a luxury standpoint, but also possibly from an off-roading standpoint or a business standpoint or, uh, you know, just worrying about the payload in the back. The person who's the passenger can do all the nitty-gritty stuff and manage whatever's happening uh, behind the truck or in its uh, bed while the driver maintains a focus on the road and possibly the charge situation and whatever's going on there. So we'll be pretty cool to talk about that and the concept version and do a little contrast uh, in regards to that. But let's move on to my uh, Chicago Auto Show trip. And you're not gonna see me much here anymore. Um, I'm gonna put myself real tiny in a corner here. I know nobody puts baby in corner. I just totally moved that. That's not what I wanted to do. Nobody puts baby in corner except me. And uh, we are going to have a little fun watching some videos. So stay tuned because uh, I had a lot to talk about. I had a lot of cars I wanted to review. And um, I think it'll be a good time. So stay tuned. All right, folks, I am back. Your host, Ryan Sketch, here at Sketchbook Audio Visually. Uh, I apologize for my glasses being as dark as they are and you can't see my eyes and it's kind of creepy. Uh, they are the transition lenses. So I went outside and it was bright outside. Very nice. Um, so it'll take a couple seconds here for these to warm up, I guess, but I'm going to go ahead and kind of run through these videos. I'll stop here and there to maybe make a comment, but, uh, yeah, just enjoy the video. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your host, Ryan Sketch, here at Sketchbook Audio. Hey, I am here at the Chicago Auto Show, and uh, currently I am in the Honda booth. 
as you can see around me there are a lot of hondas including a honda jet which is kind of cool but first and foremost we are going to start off with the new 2023 pilot the pilot is all new and it actually looks pretty cool so let's take a look at it because i really like this so the pilot like i said 100 percent new new body new interior new everything and i think it works really well in honda's favor i also really love this striking blue which is called uh diffused sky interesting color interesting name um but one thing you'll notice immediately by the way before we go on any further let me just say honda you killed it with that color that color is sexy love it is some of these orange accents so this is a trail sport this is an aim at subaru at jeep at anybody else who's trying to make rugged suvs in fact even ford now has a timberline and toyota uh, has the woodland editions uh, a lot of these companies are actually using orange to signify that off-roading capability which is interesting but uh i digress Real quick, so Subaru has the wilderness packages and they're selling really well. It's like the Rubicon to Subaru. Uh, they just are fully loaded with everything you could possibly need to go off-roading. Bigger tires, a little bit of a lift, a roof rack, some graphics packages, a lot of plastic cladding, and a lot of other companies are following suit, as I said here in the video. But um, Toyota has the Woodland Edition, which they did on a sienna believe it or not and they've also now done it on a um rav4 but it's a rav4 hybrid uh and then of course you know jeep has trailhawk which is their or rubicon for that matter which is their more um, rugged off-roading vehicle and mazda has even jumped in on the game with the mazda cx50 uh meridian edition and the meridian edition is pretty cool but like all the other ones, it's a graphics package, it's a little bit of a lift, it's bigger tires, different wheels, and uh, in their case, a flat, sort of like a safari roof rack, um, rather than a basket. As I said, all new, and there's not a lot that carries over in design-wise from the previous uh, vehicle. And that's okay, because I thought the other one was a little bit too boxy. It just didn't, it didn't fit the personality uh, of being as well it was utilitarian right it, a lot of space a lot, very square tons of cargo volume but this one really sets itself apart by adding a lot of nice gloss black accents the trail sport badge in the orange honda's corporate grill which you know in this case works really well it's very big it's very bold these honeycombs are massive which allow for a lot of air Real quick, from a design perspective, as you look at this grill, and it, if you take a step back a little bit, I show it off a little bit better. This is really showcasing a wider vehicle, and a lot of vehicles are doing this now to really push you know, corner-to-corner -corner lighting, incorporate the grill, and just make the vehicle look a lot wider than it actually is. I don't know what the numbers are for Honda on this pilot compared to the previous one, but if you look at least in the length, I'm pretty sure this new one is definitely longer than the previous generation. And that's a good thing. Um, it'll help it play well with the Jeep Grand Cherokee L, the Ford Explorer, and a few other vehicles that are quite larger. But uh, overall, I like the fact that it looks very dark and very sinister. You have a lot of other dark accents. There's an interesting mix between black plastic and then gloss black plastic. 
but overall they've really nailed that with uh, design feature I'm just not so sure I love the look of this because and it's not just the look I mean the shape the graphic a lot of other vehicles are doing this Hyundai's done it uh, Ford did it even with the edge so it's not really unique there's nothing really new going on here it's just it looks good and it certainly looks better than previous generation pilots so these honeycombs are massive which allows a lot of airflow uh, but I've always thought it was interesting that this shape has been used by a lot of automakers for better or for worse but Honda did a really good job with this one and uh, you can get you know a nice hood graphic that Mazda Real quick on this hood graphic though, that is the smallest uh, sole patch I have ever seen. In fact, uh, my Kia Soul had a bigger one than that. And uh, I mean, we're not measuring here, but let's just be honest, that is tiny. This is a large vehicle and that is a tiny, tiny patch. If you have no idea what that decal is for, it's matte black for a reason. It is there to reduce glare when off-roading. It's in the right place. It's just super small. Uh, that looks like it was pulled right off of the Jeep, uh, not Compass, Renegade. It's really small. Also, I thought it was pretty interesting that they decided to go with a goldish bronze side stripe here with this black line. It doesn't look bad. It just is kind of off because nowhere else on the vehicle is there this bronze gold color. In fact, that actually would do better on the new RAV4 and the Sienna because they use a lot of uh, bronze and, and gold in different places. So not sure what Honda was going for there, but maybe make this a little bit bigger. Also adapted for the CX-50. And uh, let's take a look at the interior. because it's oh, a piano really black. like this, especially since this doesn't look quite like any of the other newer Honda products like the Accord, um, the HRV, the CRV, the Civic, etc. So let's jump in together here. Okay, all new interior, all new car, right? Um, so what is... By the way, it took me forever to realize, and I'm doing it right now, it took me forever to realize that the camera was further to the left, and because uh, I'm, I'm holding it like, I don't even know, like it was like this, and uh, in a tripod, and the camera's like way over here, and I'm looking at the top. I had the phone and landscape, and I just... What is very interesting, and one of those things is the overall graphic layout of the interior of the car. Everything is very utilitarian. It's very blocky. It's also just a sidebar, and I'm sorry, but I am extremely. Uh, I'll just derail this whenever possible. This is going to take a long time. Uh, those earbuds are the Samsung Galaxy Buds Two, I believe. They are fresh. They're so good you can't hear any of the ambient noises going on in the background all you hear is me it's not muffled it's not like there's no vibration there's there's nothing wrong with it they are good and uh, i was really surprised so this is a good um this is a really good first impression of these earbuds being used to do a video review very bold a lot of horizontal shapes that add to the width of the vehicle and really make it look like it's something that's practical, it's capable, and it's full of things uh, for you to put the whole family in. Mean, like you've got three rows, a lot of storage in the back. Uh, <laughs> that's my Betty Lafana. And then I'm in the passenger side. The driver's side, 
you know, it's got the corporate steering wheel. It's got the nice orange stitching. I really dislike where they put the heated seat button, and a lot of Honda products have that right now as well. Uh, but whatever, it works. You got your phone. You got a little cubby here. But you have this big cubby here in this really nice horizontal bar um, that's very similar to a lot of the other Honda products, but you get this, and the other Hondas don't. There's just a, a vent here where all of these vents kind of line up. So now here you get these separate vents with a nice, um, some sort of like a honeycomb look here, but then... <laughs> so, by the way, they punch those vents out quite a bit when they're talking about off-roading vehicles or just rugged vehicles. You see it on the Bronco, you see it on the Wrangler, you see it on a lot of other vehicles, and the Mazda CX-50 being another one. And um, I rather like it because it definitely helps separate the SUV class from the car class. In the car, it's just one long vent that goes across. Interestingly enough, though, my Integra has a very similar vent, uh, and it's separated from the rest of that center console. But uh, in the Integra, you do not get that nice horizontal platform cubby. You just get these kind of like dual-layered paneling for that upper dash, that uh, synthetic rubber, foam stuff, whatever. And, you know, it looks good, but there's no utilitarian practicality or purpose to it. It just looks cool. Uh, but in this case, for the Honda, uh, they wanted to make that something that's actually usable. And there's a lot of space there. So with how deep that is, you can put an umbrella, you can put money, you can put cell phones, a tablet maybe even. It would hang out a little bit, but, uh, you know, there's a good rubberized grip in there that will keep it in place. So... Uh, very nice use of the space and making it even more different from the rest of their the Honda products. Everything here just feels big, it feels bold, it feels practical, and very useful. Speaking of usefulness, the doors kind of remind me of a minivan. I mean, you got a cup Lots here, of cup holders. a coffee mug, uh, you got a holder here which goes pretty deep. This goes pretty deep as well. And for the most part, everything feels pretty nice and upscale. I don't love the gloss black. If anybody else has experienced gloss black, gloss black on this car, they know that it just attracts fingerprints. There's, this is just a fingerprint magnet, and it's very hard to clean and not scratch. Uh, this has the new corporate. Side note to all other automakers and companies that are designers even that are listening to this or watching this, please, for the love of God, find a new material other than piano gloss black. Please, anything, literally purple flake i don't care fuzziness look at what mazda did with the the mx30 there is cork cork you don't see fingerprints on cork you just you know it breaks and crumbles after time but it's also usable you can pin stuff to it i guess but then again why would you want a bunch of pins and needles shooting all over the place i don't know but it just can we stop with the gloss black center which works it's good it's not bad you get the wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless Android Auto, and a bunch of other features. I don't believe you get built-in nav, because in the Acura Integra that I have, you get built-in navigation, and that kind of sucks. But Hi, Anthony. You got Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, so that works. Let's take a look at the back real quick, because as I said, it's very big, it's very practical, and there's a lot of usefulness. So, of course, you get some rugged floor mats. Uh, they're not as thick as I probably would like them, but you get a lot of cubbies on the side, the side over here, maybe an umbrella or something. It's not very deep though, interestingly enough. 
this folds up obviously you got your third row down there that's folded back the back seats have seat covers as well and then you've got this very deep very usable cargo space back here and with the seats folded that's an ample amount of space so good for honda for making this thing look new all new and just cool a lot of nice body side graphics i like this piece down here it's got that rugged look uh, it looks muscular and bold even the fender flares have some detail in them that i like so let me know what you guys think in the comments later and uh this is the new pilot for 2023 okay so what do you guys think do you like the new pilot is it something you guys would look into as opposed to maybe a jeep or the ford uh you know other vehicles that are out there in that same size i don't need a vehicle this big but if i did this would definitely be one of those vehicles i would look at uh mazda just recently came out with the cx90 and while i love mazdas and i absolutely love the interior and that new dark garnet red or whatever they call it i would actually get this over it because they changed the look of the mazda in the front compared to the cx9 and it just doesn't feel right. I don't know. They didn't have one at the auto show for me to look at, so I didn't get to review it. But I personally would take this. And again, I don't need a vehicle this big. Okay, on to the next one. Um, let's see what we're talking about. Okay, so the next car we're going to take a look at is another Honda product. But I happen to absolutely love this one. And it makes me geek out so much because there are so many details to this car that are just standout knockout design cues and uh it's i mean it's still the honda booth so i don't it's know the bigger brother to my acura integra so ah, this is the tlx 2023 acura integra type s but this is the i'm sorry not integra this is the tls type whoops um so this has everything and it's hand built in ohio like a lot of the other pmc which i forget what that stands for but anyways uh this is just a beautiful car so you take your tlx you amp it up to 11 and this is what you get and i would even say it amps it up to 12. you got a nice body kit with the gloss black accents you've got the for anybody wondering, yes, those wheels do in fact fit on an Integra, and I believe they are the same wheels that are on the NSX. You're gonna have to get a little bit pushed up a little bit, I, I think, but uh, gosh, damn was this car beautiful. The first thing I wanted to notice, and I don't really talk about it too much in the video, uh, is the fact that those headlights are so punched out. They are so three-dimensional and kind of floating. I love that. It looked so good. On top of that, you've got a lot of, yes, it's kind of a gloss black, but it's actually, I believe, carbon fiber uh, on the bottom of the side skirts as well as uh, in the rear here on this rear diffuser, which is insanely big and well-developed. It looks great. You've got massive quad exhaust tips that are gloss black or like a dark gray. You've got the uh, PMC spoiler. It's a, sort of a ducktail. Um, I believe it's also carbon fiber. The door handles are gloss black. The pillars are all blacked out. It just looks great. And this is a similar color to what we saw on that Pilot. It's just a little bit darker. So it's like a mix between Apex Blue and uh, and that blue that we saw before, which I don't remember the name of it. It was still pretty beautiful. Um, but Acura really knocked it out of the park here. One thing I will tell you, though, that was very disappointing to see in this car because of how expensive it was which by the way it was like sixty two thousand dollars 
Um, the seats are the exact same seats as in the base, uh, the base TLX model, uh, and pretty much all the other TLX models. There really wasn't anything different going on in there. I was expecting some performance bucket seats, some maybe carbon fiber somewhere. I don't know. But these, they're good seats, don't get me wrong. They are made well, they are comfortable, uh, they look great. They just were, you know, not like Type S type seats. So uh, if I were to change anything on this car, that would have been it. All right, let's keep talking about it. Massive wheels that I think are straight off of the NSX, which yep. happens to be right there. That NSX was matte. bronze color, quad exhaust, a huge diffuser, punched out fender flares, um, this new lower fascia. The taillights I really like because they're, they stick out, they're very three-dimensional. You can see the depth that these things go, and it's pretty cool. Even the inside of this taillight has some depth, and that's nice. Uh, the trunk button's here, which is kind of cool. You don't see that too often. And um, carbon fiber lower diffuser, quad exhaust, black tips. Uh, carbon fiber ducktails. I believe the badge was also carbon fiber. Uh, what else have we got? The interior, definitely a step up as well. Lots of carbon fiber. You got this blue. Uh, it's it's leather, but it almost looks and feels like Alcantara. It's just not. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous interior. Not too much different from. Uh, before I move on, one thing that you'll notice that I really wish was in the Integra is the traditional analog gauges. Uh, you do have a screen in the middle there, but it's small. It's not huge, it's not overwhelming, it's not the Honda Civic's gauge cluster. It is just nice. There's a metal backing, um, it looks like it's machined, it looks very expensive and unique, and then you have this beautiful red backlighting on both of them. Uh, the RPMs are over here, so the attack is here, and your speedometer is on the right side, and it just looks great that even the steering wheel is not the honda civics it's similar it's very close but you get a flat bottom um, this is more pronounced you get the paddle shifters because of course this one does not come in a stick shift uh, but it just everything feels better but one thing to notice um, that i'm surprised the integra didn't do is it didn't do any of this this has sort of a dual cockpit feel and most of it is not angled or geared towards the driver as much as a performance vehicle might. Uh, but it still feels very techy, very luxurious, and it looks great. The Integra kind of went its own route. And I think that was partially so that it still maintained, you know, from a, a cost perspective, it still was closely enough related to the Civic to keep costs down, but also looked different enough so that you could say, oh, this is not a Civic, this is this is an Acura Integra. Uh, but there are certainly some features in here that I wish the Integra had, like for instance, I wish the wireless charger was up here, although in the Integra, it's not in a bad place. It still works, it's still very usable. Um, this just kind of keeps it closer to you, I guess. Uh, so, you know, for better or for worse. The touchpad, a lot of people don't like these touchpads, but Acura actually did a really good job with their touchpad. The mouse, and I don't know exactly how they phrase it, but the mouse will follow your hand and then go right back as soon as you take your fingers off. So, you know, you have to be very precise with your finger movements, 
uh, versus like a mouse where if I move the mouse, the mouse stays there until I move the mouse again and then I can continue to go. It also allows me to lift up the mouse and readjust the position of the mouse. Uh, whereas, you know, the icon stays exactly where it was. That's not how these trackpads tend to work. Um, but you also don't need to move it around a lot. There's not a lot of real estate to move with. But um, one thing you'll also see, and I, I like this, uh, it's available on some Hondas and Acuras. I don't believe it's set up that way in my Integra. But you do have this split screen. And Android Auto has taken it a step further and done their own version of this split screen. But mine actually somehow reverted to a combination between the split screen and the normal widescreen. I don't know what's happened. So that's a totally different story. But uh, needless to say, I like the way uh, Acura did the interior of this um, Type S. There's a lot going on here. I just think it looks great. And whether or not you like the push buttons and uh, for the transmission, it works really well in, in Acura's uh, more expensive vehicles. The RDX, the IDX, or uh, the TLX, and the, um, uh, you're probably going to see it in the ZDX, actually. And it, that makes a lot of sense for an electric car. So it frees up a lot of real estate down here. So from a design perspective, it's a smart way to go. I just think that they set these buttons up a lot better than some other uh, automakers have. Like Lincoln did up on the next to the um, infotainment system. Didn't work out so well. Didn't look so great. And it was confusing. They have since changed that. They are now like little toggle switches at the bottom. But... Uh, GMC also had theirs at the bottom and it could get a little bit confusing, but it's really hard to confuse Acura's buttons for anything else like audio related because those audio buttons are down here um, or uh, actually, you know what? The screen is not touchscreen. So you do everything with the trackpad or this little dial, which you push to turn the audio system on and off and change the volume. And I think it moves side to side, up and down. And then I think that's a seek button. I couldn't remember, but wireless charger here, illuminated cup holders, and the palm wrist support here, which feels really nice. Uh, but overall, great car. I really liked it. And yeah, let's see what else I had to say about it. I'm a normal TLX, but it does have the PMC badge. In this case, oh, badge. Performance Manufacturing Center. It's in Ohio. I think I said that. In this case, it is number zero, zero, zero. Got the Type S down here. Now, for those wondering, yes, Acura is working on a Type S version of the Integra, which I will show you guys briefly. Right it is there. not at the Chicago Auto Show. And that will definitely amp up the performance of the Integra. Uh, borrowing a lot from its stable mate, the Honda Civic Type R. Acura will have a Type S. Now, even the front gets quite a bit of a graphical upgrade. You've got that massive shield. That's. I'm going to stop it here for a second because uh, what I say going forward in this video is pretty much pointless. But Acura's new face, they've been using this dynamic shield quite a bit, but they toned it down and just, well, it, it's weird. They got rid of the big silver plate, which kind of looked like a buck tooth, I guess. Uh, to some people, it was pretty much first shown in um, Thor, if I'm not mistaken. And when Acura showed off like their new RDX, the new MDX, and a few other cars, they had this big silver piece here. But now what they've done is made it very, 
graphically like you your eye it's it's very appealing you want to look at it and all these lines go right into the center so your eyes go right into the center you see this big giant acura badge which by the way this badge here actually has some sensors behind it so um it's not something you want to mess with keep it clean but it's just a nice floating piece they call it frameless i don't know why there is a frame here there isn't even there is even a piece of black gloss black plastic up here that's attached to the hood or well i'm sorry not the hood but this brow um the hood starts back here but um it i think it looks great i think this is a knockout i love it i love the zigzag lighting that's the nice thing about lighting with leds is that you can do a lot of really cool shapes and acura and kia managed to do a lot of really cool things with their uh their drls I'm not a huge, for, for practicality purpose, it looks great. You have these quad lamps here. So it's like an octa lamp. You know, when you talk about old uh, older cars with the projection headlamps, um, you would have a uh, bioptic or a quad optic. So if you had one lamp here and one lamp here, it's a bioptic. If you had two here, so you had a high beam and a low beam, and then high beam, low beam, it's quad optic. This is whatever, it's eight. There's four here, four here. These get expensive to replace real quick. And if you're gonna replace each individual bulb, that's a lot of bulbs to replace. Uh, but they last a lot longer than the halogen lamps. They look really cool. And they also, do, they're, they're safer actually. Um, I'm not sure if Acura is quite at that level that Audi and Mercedes and a couple other companies are with their projection lenses, but uh, and they're certainly not laser yet. But these are, you know, they cut through darkness very well. They have a good spread, and uh, it does kind of eliminate the need for fog lights anymore. Though I do wish that there were two big giant cans here for for fog lights. We just don't get those. But I'm going to skip over the rest of that and move on to the next video. Uh, what time are we at now? 27 minutes. Okay, we can keep going. Okay, before we hop over to Volkswagen, I wanted to take a quick look at the new Nero. Uh, it's completely new. All new interior, all new exterior. Improved efficiency. Uh, improved range. My dog. And the interior is Hi, pretty honey. cool, especially in the pictures, but I really wanted to understand what is the quality like? What is the textures and the feel of this car like? Because um, the previous one was good. I thought it could have been a little bit better as far as the audio but Kia has really gone leaps and bounds with their design language, so hopefully their materials and the, the use of contrast colors and stuff work out really well. So let's take a look at this new mirror. The one thing I see immediately that I strongly dislike is this massive piece of gloss black plastic. It looks good, especially with the silver trim that follows through here. The overall graphic of it looks great. I mean, just look at the side. It's very cohesive. It's pretty futuristic. It's just gloss black. Oh, I'm not a huge fan. And it's just, it's for a detailer like me, uh, it's a pain in the butt to clean. Soft touch materials up here, soft here. A nice rubberized synthetic texture here. It feels a little grainy, you can hear it, but if I'm being honest, it did feel kind of cheap. I feel like Kia has definitely put nicer materials on their armrests in the past and in other cars that are current. This is not a super cheap vehicle, so this could have 
been better. And when you throw in this massive expanse of gloss black that's right up here, uh, this just feels like an afterthought. Overall, the fact that it's soft is a nice upgrade. Uh, I, I will say though, from a graphical standpoint, Kia really knows what they're doing. Um, they're incorporating a lot of geometric shapes. They're incorporating a lot of cool patterns that are not as obvious, like uh, you know, like a chevron package uh, pattern or uh, the houndstooth motif that's on some Dodge vehicles. It's a lot of scattering of different shapes all over the place, but they fit, they work, they look great. So Kia has definitely uh, stepped up their game in that regard. And I like what they did here with the Nero. I like this material, it's a synthetic leather. It's got a nice texture and graphic on it. It's got these digital blocks, which is pretty cool. Um, steering wheel, nice touch and feel here. The dash is soft and it's got an interesting hexagonal texture, which is nice. Heads up display, cool. Here's that double screen monitor, which is very wide. And uh, one of my favorite features is this LED area here. I believe there's some LEDs in the door as well. Uh, on some other Kias, like the EV6 for instance, you get some LED lighting here. You can see right there, there's some illumination here. Very clean layout. Another thing to notice is while they may not use some of the nicest materials in the world, they definitely have a way of incorporating really cool, and I said this before, but the graphics and the textures and the the patterns and the, just everything that's going into this, particular shapes here, here, the illumination, the division of materials, it looks very good. It looks uh, way more mature and a little bit more costly than this car would actually be. But then of course you have a lot of panels like this and this gloss black that are very cheap. You know, it's a way to add a lot of features into a car at an affordable price. But at the same time, I feel like they could have just done more. The EV6 does a much better job of this shape and the use of materials here as opposed to the gloss black, but I guess if you're looking for an affordable EV or a plug-in hybrid or just an affordable efficient vehicle that's like a hatchback slash crossover, this is a good route to go if you can get over this. Now, there are ways to easily do a vinyl wrap over this. Not a bad way to go. Um, you're just going to have to f deal with the buttons, individual buttons being uh, the gloss black while everything else is whatever color or texture you choose it to be. Eh, you know, you win some, you lose some very electric very technical looking i like it but it's gloss black not your friend when it comes to cleaning cars also this is really cool so from an engineering and a design standpoint from a product design standpoint this is cool check this out so do you want to incorporate more space here for i don't know like a small tablet or a purse or whatever all you do is push these in they hike if you didn't catch that i pushed it the wrong way first <laughs> And then I remembered, oh wait, yeah, they go inwards. In a way, now you can put a bigger cup, you can put more stuff in there. This lifts up. There's even a little door that comes off here. That so was cool. very well thought out product layout. But check this out, you push this button, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. They pop right back whoosh. out, it's quiet, it's nice. You don't see that in a lot of cars and that's pretty cool. And no, that giant gaping hole is not a feature on this car. Somebody took the 
uh, panel. Kia tends to put a lot of their fuse boxes right here, so that's what that is. Unfortunately, and I thought this would have made more sense, they should have put the fuse box down under here and then made this like a door so you can put stuff in. There's a vehicle that I show later um, that has, well, you know what? Nope, I didn't actually get a video of it, but uh, it's an Audi. This section right here, it goes way back to like here and you could fit, I don't know, like a foot long sub in there. It was huge, tons of space. Um, but it's one of those things that uh, you can get away with doing now with EVs and plug-in hybrids. You tend to be able to put a lot of these, uh, like the fuse box and the air conditioning, you can package them in different ways uh, and just make them more efficient and give yourself a lot more usable space throughout the vehicle. Actual physical buttons. I bring up those physical buttons later Overall, with Volkswagen. Really but... nice looking car. I like the look of it beautiful diamond white color you have these functional uh just this bottom portion is functional this goes through air comes out there right through here so aerodynamically very sound very efficient i like it what do you guys think is uh is this a better looking Nero than the previous one it almost looks smaller than the previous one i don't know but i think it looks better as like a hatchback than the this car actually had a decent amount of cargo and usable space. I would say, though, that it's kind of a stretched version of the Kia Soul in a way. You still get a little bit more space in that back area than the Kia Soul, but not much more. Um, so, you know, the, I believe the Kia Soul is going away after this year. Uh, so you'd be pretty much left with choosing a Kia or Nero if you wanted this package. And I think it looks great. Just this alone is really cool. This blade for the taillight. We don't see that on many cars at all. And I think the only one that's really doing it now is Cadillac. So the fact that Kia did this is pretty awesome. I really like this. I also love this cutout right here, this graphic. If you were to have just drawn this on a flat plane, it would look really cool. And you know, when you actually see it in the flesh, in well, in the sheet metal, uh, it's very dynamic. It's very interesting to look at and it's very clean You know, there's not a lot going on in here. There's just this beautiful shape and uh, I really liked that I really appreciated it on this car previous generation did and this single tone monotone versus the two-tone That two-tone blue one. I wish it was a different blue, but overall a really nice looking car you get this it's it's not gloss black. It's actually uh, it's metallic black, um, but I don't remember if that's the same black as what's down here and on the fender flares. But there's definitely a lot of painted black all over the place. Certainly makes the car look more upscale. It frames a lot of things very nicely. There's a lot of separation of materials and parts, which is very interesting to look at. Um, and overall, it just makes for a more upscale, more mature version of the Kia Niro. I like the look of this a lot. This looks really good. And this is the. All right, so we're going to jump over to uh, the next video. Now, I'm going to make this one quick. The, the next one is on Volkswagen. And the. Um, oh, is that just a picture? Yeah, that was just a picture. So, this is the new Atlas and the new Atlas Cross. The Cross being the coupe version of the Atlas. I will say this, if you were looking for a big SUV like the Honda Pilot, like a Grand Cherokee L or whatever, 
you might be looking at. I would actually prefer the Atlas Cross. You don't lose a lot of space. There's actually enough of a rake right here. This doesn't take away too much. You lose some, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But overall, um, you're going to want the uh, the Atlas Cross Sport. It just, or Cross, the Atlas, whatever. You're going to want the blue one. <laughs> Take the blue pill, not the red pill. Uh, but you'll see some things that I talk about that I thought were really cool about this car. Certainly improved in a lot of ways. Um, but there was really nothing wrong with the Atlas to begin with. With the exception of, in the first few years of it, it had some cheaper parts that I was like, why did they choose to go that route when they spent so much time making the Tiguan, uh, which is what the Atlas replaced in a way. Um, the Tiguan, they brought it very much upscale. There were a lot of really nice soft touch features, a lot of leather here and there. And um, when the Atlas first came out, there were a lot of parts of it that just felt you know, not like a forty, fifty thousand dollar vehicle. It felt more like a high twenties, low thirties vehicle, and uh, it was very interesting. But it's a, it's a pretty large vehicle. So, let's take a look at that. You know what? I don't think I have the video here for that. Um, so we're gonna skip that. That was the Atlas Cross. Definitely check it out. Um, you can find it on Autoblog.com. You can find it on Jalopnik.com. You can find it. Uh, pretty much anywhere there's plenty of pictures so you can see the one thing I really liked was uh, Volkswagen's heavy use of LED lighting um, you can see on the back end of this they all have the R design so that actually is a couple R's and it's a nice little you know Easter egg we'll call it and I liked that it went all the way across as well as on the front now you have these big C shapes and the bottom part, they connect at the Volkswagen logo. Same thing here. The Volkswagen logo is actually illuminated in red. So really cool what a lot of these companies are doing with LED lighting. And it's just one of those ways that an automaker can really make a car stand out way more in a very simple way. And it's with lighting. And we're going to see a little bit more of that on the Dodge Hornet that I reviewed. But uh, let's take a look at the next vehicle, which is the Ram. REV. One quick thing to notice though is that the seats and the oh, center console. I apologize. Not the Ram REV. This is. So I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. Uh, this is the Buick Wildcat. Um, I must have skipped a video or two here, but the Buick Wildcat, such a gorgeous vehicle. And uh, there's a couple videos here of it. This is one of those ones where you want to take in every detail. You want to stop and look at everything. There's glass. There's um, everything's handcrafted, custom made, real metals, high tech everywhere. And my favorite feature is actually in these seats. Appear to be completely floating, but then you realize that the seats are connected to the sill, and then the rear seats are connected to each other as well as that center armrest which is connected to the very back of the car. Pretty cool detail. Good job, Buick. So this is one of those vehicles that borrows a lot from architecture. Uh, you have these cantilevered platforms, these floating platforms that are being held up, not from four legs or even two legs. They're being held up by like something else uh, that's 
hanging over and there's nothing underneath them there's it's just floating but it's in this case it's uh imagine this being the sill or the kick plate and then there's this little um, arm that's floating and the seat sits on top of that and uh in the wildcat you have this arm that goes down the whole center of the car into the trunk and the rear seats are kind of hanging off of that and they're also built into the side of the rear of the car which is just crazy to think about how they were able to put all of this together when in a normal car uh, that would be very difficult so hopefully if buick does make the wildcat we get to see some of those features actually happen i'm sure there's some safety regulations that make that almost impossible but i feel like as long as you put a rail at the bottom and legs at the bottom so that it bolts to the floor you could probably get away with doing something like this and in a low volume car very expensive one uh you could definitely do i'd say 90 percent of all of this stuff you would just have to reinforce it in some other ways that you probably wouldn't even see anyways okay so what else do we have uh i don't remember what this one is i'm gonna skip that and i'm gonna go to okay we have a very special and very cool car here and part of the reason i say that is because I actually got to work on this car ah. a little bit and I wasn't allowed to talk about it for quite some time but cat's out of the bag now and I can say whatever I want so at the brand new Corvette E-Ray yes originally that was kind of a mm, people were hinting at it never really official but it actually was going to be called E-Ray it's not a meme or a joke it's official and it looks great coming in the same color as that tracks which is interesting because you would think that more as an outdoorsy color, but it kind of makes sense. Why? Because it is partially electric. Uh, this is a hybrid. It still maintains the Corvette's V8, which has like 496 horsepower. Pretty awesome if you're into power and all that. Uh, and you keep the exhaust. You get the loud noise that a Corvette is known for. But more importantly, you get electric efficiency and you get a boost in power, like over 190 extra horsepower because of that electric motor. Uh, and what is also really cool is it's the first all-wheel drive Corvette. Yes, that is correct. Uh, there is an electric motor driving that front axle and the gas. All right, before I go on too much further with this car, let's just stop and take a moment to really fall in love with the Corvette uh, because it is just gorgeous. Uh, Chevy and the designers that have been working in that studio vigorously to get this thing to the market just killed it. It's a home run, it looks great. It doesn't look like the $50,000, $60,000 that they were originally aiming for. Um, it certainly looks like a $100,000 plus vehicle even in, even in its base form. Now, this one does tip the scales way above $100,000, but hey, it's over 655 combined horsepower. It's all-wheel drive. Uh, it's basically a Z06 with a hybrid powertrain. There's a lot of tech going into this car, so it, of course, is going to be expensive. But even in its cheaper base forms, it still looks amazing. I mean, there are so many beautiful lines, uh, and I'll talk about this momentarily in this video, but... Um, there's a lot going on here that is to be appreciated that even some of the exotic automakers don't really get into. They try to keep it a little bit cleaner or 
uh, they get crazy with vents or they spend a lot of time um, just on the carbon fiber and I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it's so beautiful and cool to look at in person. So let's, I talk about that stuff right about here, I think. I really like this car. I actually, uh, truth be told, only knew about this car. The only thing that I worked on were some of the electrical components on the inside of the car, mainly the window switches, the window regulators and all that fun stuff. Um, no big deal, right? But I was super excited to talk. If you're trying to figure out what I'm talking about, I worked at GM for a little bit over a year and this was one of the cars that uh, I had parts for, but uh, didn't do too much. I just happened to know about it for the past couple of years. Talk about this car when I had the opportunity to be back then, but I never could, I never would, you know? NDA, can't talk about it, non-disclosure agreement. So, I can talk about it now, I can tell you what I know, I can tell you what's on that sheet, and I can tell you it is cool. I love this car. Um, General Motors and the design team, uh, including some of the friends of mine that I went to school with at CCS, did a phenomenal job on this car. There's so much sculptural and texture to this car a lot of line work going down here and it's not super busy you've got this beautiful sculpted form where the headlights inset but it's also sitting out quite a bit uh, it's a nice bug eye shape that's very sharp and reptilian i love these sharp lines down the hood which was also on the c7 as well these lines if you follow these lines back i mean that line at the nose of the hood goes all the way around uh, the belt line the base of the greenhouse and then follows up here and then wraps around those uh, covers on the back of the seat covers. That's one thing that I really love about good automotive design is that you are able to follow a lot of these lines and wrap around from one side to the other. And it's a very cohesive design. Uh, with Corvettes, there's a lot of lines, but they all make sense. They all bring out a lot of muscularness to this vehicle and just it's so sculptural uh, it's hard to believe honestly that this car starts out at sixty thousand dollars not this particular one as this is the e-ray but a base stingray still has all of this sculpturalness to it doesn't have this if i'm not mistaken this is a little bit more on the z06 e-ray side but uh, you still get all of this and you know that's hard to beat for that price so the roll bar you will and the line work just continues i mean this line dives down into the shoulder disappears that line there's a lot going on but it's very cohesive it's very sexy uh, it's not overstyled like some cars have been in the past this just works and i think a lot of people approve of what chevy has done with a mid-engine the first of its kind mid-engine corvette all right, so I'm gonna stop this one there. Uh, I love it. I think it's a phenomenal car and a lot of automakers could probably take um, a page out of General Motors book for this. Remember, this is a mass produced supercar and they've managed to keep the price down pretty low. Uh, a base Ferrari is probably in the high $100,000. Same thing with Aston Martin. Even a Viper ended out at like 89,000 to uh, high 120,000. So, and arguably, I think the Corvette, the new Corvette, the C8 looks better than the last gen Viper. They're very different cars. One's still a GT, it's got a front engine, 
you know a really pushed back cab you know two-seater corvette two-seater but now it's a mid-engine and the previous generation corvette was very similar to the viper but a uh, very different vehicle now and I, I don't know i just it's hard to beat that car for the price let's take a look real quick at this uh chevy tracks because this is an interesting one Folks, this is the new 2024 Chevy Trax. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that is because there already has been a Chevy Trax. It just looks nothing like this. In fact, this is completely redesigned from the ground up, and this really showcases a lot of uh, new product from Chevy. And we're going to start to see this design language. <laughs> By the way, yes, that is the exact same color that's on the Corvette, but it has a different name carry over to a lot of their products but one thing you can obviously notice right now is the use of different materials you've got a lot of gloss black you've got this gloss chrome dark chrome look uh, you've got these standout taillights they're just punched out very three-dimensional and the color that's a pale green sage color and uh, it looks beautiful one of my favorite features on this car was the sculpturalness, the line work, that some of it does disappear, like this line here, and this line goes around the whole way, but all of these lines pick up somewhere in some regards, just like the Corvette where you have that shoulder that dives in and then it seemingly disappears, but it picks back up on the front shoulder. Uh, the tracks has a lot of that too so you can definitely tell there's a lot of uh, chevy dna in both of these vehicles and it's almost like the corvette designers designed this as well and that's not a bad thing it's it's not like the reverse like the chevy tracks person designed the corvette and you know the previous chevy tracks was kind of boring and the corvette then should have been kind of boring too right no it was more the reverse whereas this exotic this really well crafted sports car supercar um those that team was challenged with uh designing a new chevy tracks that was cool that was good looking that looked like it was capable fun to drive and uh, also had some spirit to it this is supposed to be i believe the active, active. Uh, yep this is the active model as you can see right there so this is meant to be kind of like uh, a trailhawk for jeep so just look at this line right here it doesn't connect to anything up in the back but this line does dive down here on this fender flare punches out this part so uh it's carved very deep it's very nice and then it continues down here with this nice soft light catcher which is similar to what you see on the corvette and then it picks back up on this front one. But then you have this wraparound one right here, which dives into here. It seemingly ends, picks up back in here in the grill. And then this whole front face just, it all flows together perfectly. I love it. Not quite as rugged. You can already see, I mean, with the tires, they're pretty street. They're pretty uh, conservative in that regards. Uh, but this is definitely supposed to be kind of like the Trailblazer Active, which don't see one directly near me uh, but it's supposed to get you more places than just the baseball but right off the bat you can see that this car stands out very well the only thing that i've been curious about with this car is 
This is bigger, a lot bigger than the current tracks. In fact, it looks a lot longer than the current tracks, which is a little bit more boxy, a little bit more stand-up, as this is a more aggressive, uh, sporty stance. I'm going to cut it there for right now. Um, the point I'm trying to get across is I was surprised that the Chevy tracks turned into this. The previous boxy, bubbly-looking Chevy tracks turned into this. This is bigger than the Trailblazer. Now, the Trailblazer had, in history, always been just a little bit smaller, I believe, than the Blazer. And, um, you know, was more street-friendly, I guess. And then they turned the Trailblazer into an SS Power Horse with a supercharged V8, basically right out of a Corvette. So kind of curious that the Trailblazer ended up becoming what it is currently. Not a bad car, just an interesting transition when we lost the Blazer and the Trailblazer at one point. Uh, I actually expect this to be the Trailblazer, and then the current Trailblazer actually be the tracks that would make more sense that would have been a more natural progression so not sure what chevy was thinking there but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day this is a very nice looking vehicle and uh, i'm excited to see what this thing drives like in the very near future um, so we're going to stop that video here and then move on to the next one which i believe is this one uh, another gm product all new GMC Canyon AT4 and the AT4X. X stands for a little bit more extreme than this one. But I'm gonna stop myself right there because I'm an idiot and I noticed this uh, pretty quickly in, into this video. I just kept rolling with it. This is the Canyon. The red one was actually a Sierra. Uh, but you do have AT4, which is their like Trailhawk version. And then they have AT4X, which is like their extreme Trailhawk or Rubicon. It just takes it to the next level by adding a lot of stuff from AEV, American Expedition Vehicles. So you get a better lift, you get bigger, beefier tires, different wheels, uh, more rugged interior, um, stamped steel front and rear bumpers, integrated tow hooks, as well as fog lights. Just a more off-road oriented vehicle, also way more expensive. Long story short on the new Canyon and on the Chevy Colorado, it's uh, sibling, is that they, they did a great job. They redesigned them from the ground up. They look gorgeous on the exterior and then on the interior, they certainly incorporated a lot of nicer materials and just a better design. Um, I'll get into the interior here. The one thing I want to note though is that GMC definitely takes the uh, the business and the luxury end this time around. The previous generation, they felt the same on the interior. I wasn't, you know, I you would never convince me to spend the extra money on the GMC variant when I could just get the Chevy version for a few grand less. Uh, actually, quite a few grand less. There was nothing special about the GMC. In this case now, the GMC Canyon is way nicer material-wise than the Chevy. The Chevy and the Canyon still have similar interiors. It's just, you can tell immediately which one has the nicer materials and uh, which one, you know, cost more. But I'm gonna skip the exterior here and just jump into the interior because this is where this thing really shines. There's the red one over there as well, but this one's easier to get into. And I just wanted to glance over this. GMC and Chevy 
realize that their interiors on the previous models weren't up to snuff and they needed to enhance them dramatically. They needed to bring them into the 21st century. They needed to just make them look like nothing else that's on the road. And uh, before I go any further, the two things that I absolutely loved about this was this panel right here, this orangish tan camel colored panel that also meets into the armrest and shows up on the seats a little bit. And then these toggle switches. I love toggle switches. I don't know about you, but I think they make a lot of sense in a uh, off-road or a rugged vehicle or utilitarian vehicle. Ram is doing it now. Ford's doing it. A lot of other companies are using more toggle switches, and uh, they're easier to use. They look cooler. Um, you can put a really nice texture on them to make them to elevate them into a very classy look. Uh, but GMC just went above and beyond in, in a lot of their materials and the overall design to make this thing look way better and way more uh, rich than its Colorado counterpart. I will say there were some materials here that you're like, ah, you're not fooling anybody. That's not real metal or, you know, that's not as nice as it could be, but they still do a really good job of being uh, stand out and luxurious and high quality. Like for instance, this isn't real carbon fiber. Oh, I'm not showing you. This isn't real carbon fiber. Um, but the stitching on this, I would assume is real leather, could be synthetic, don't know, don't care. It looked great and it felt great too. So if it was synthetic, you did a good job of fooling me. Uh, obviously the shift boot, probably not real leather, but it doesn't matter because everything else on this car felt really nice. And uh, I, I, there's just a lot of design features like this little winglet, the stitching, um, the texture on the seat. These, you know, they could have done just like a simple stitch straight down the middle like a lot of other cars have done, but they put these nice bands down the side and I don't know why, but it looks cool. It looks great and it feels nice. It feels luxurious. GMC especially needed an interior that... So I'm going to skim through this. Uh, you can see the texture on the seat is a lot nicer. It's got this hor or these zigzag patterns to it or diagonal lines rather than just straight across. They almost look like tire treads which lends again to that ruggedness of the vehicle. But also, and I, what I was trying to point out here is there's the charcoal top layer and then inside that is like an orange uh, camel color. So everything is very cohesive and everything felt nice with the exception of that that I'm touching right now, but it doesn't need to feel super high end. Again, it's a truck and it needs to be easy to clean. It needs to be hold up to you know some rough and tumbling even though a lot of people who own these trucks don't actually use them as trucks. Um, they just drive them around to look nice. But uh, I was very happy with the materials, the touch and feel of everything, and just the, the initial look at everything looked and felt great. Uh, there's my buddy Anthony getting in and touching all the things because that's what he does. And uh, one other thing you'll notice in this car is there's not a lot of gloss black. That screen doesn't count. Um, the screen is, you know, glass. So that makes sense. You're not going to get away from having that being uh, touched. But one thing that really stood out to me in this, and a lot of other cars are doing it as well, but was this button, this physical, tangible, felt really nice, felt industrious, felt handcrafted. It's knurled metal. Um, this is plastic trim, yeah, but everything else felt really nice. 
I love the fact that this screen is staggered from this screen, whereas Kia has one big giant screen, GMC uh, and the Chevy one, there's two separate screens. And I know a lot of people don't like having this floating screen. It just looks like it's a tablet that was tacked on. I don't, I don't get that. I get that um, it's more architectural. It's more handcrafted rather than just putting a TV in the center of the dash and calling it a day. This allows you to have some interesting shapes and forms. Look at this one. This one actually butts up to this plastic piece and it's got a chunk cut out of it. Not something you can do with one of those head units that's just stuck in the center of the uh, the IP. So good job, uh, General Motors, for reworking the interior of this vehicle. Even the whole touch system was great. I loved this feature. There's a setting where you can change all of the lights, not just from like a dial or a button on the side of the car, on the side of the steering wheel. If you had auxiliary lights on the roof or wherever, you can pick zones and areas where you want to change the lighting uh, at any given time, whether you're driving or while you're just parked or off-roading. So it's, it makes for a much more convenient and integrated and user-friendly way to manage your lights. But overall, gorgeous design. I like how punchy and boxy it is. That face really helps again to show the width of this vehicle. The hood is super sculptural, um, which was surprising on a compact GMC truck. Uh, we've actually seen these wheels on a lot of GMCs, but these look different. They look nicer, um, and I like that they're deep dish in a way. Uh, the lighting right here, I mean, off, DRLs, headlights, and then I think he turns them amber here at a, in a second. Oh, he didn't turn. So these do turn, oh yeah, here you go. So that's the turn signal or your hazards, it's amber, it's that whole shape. And I, I like the fact that it's uh, separated. You have one here and one here, and it looks continuous, but it's separated. And uh, the texture in the grill is nuts. I love this. Yes, it's plastic, but it's very architectural. It's very structural. It's very industrious, and uh, definitely lends to that business class that GMC is always going for. And then I go back and I uh, make up for my mistake in calling this a Canyon. This is a Sierra. The only thing I'm going to talk about here, because they have very similar interiors, obviously this being quite nicer, is the fact that this is AEV infused. This is an AEV stamped steel bumper with integrated tow hooks. They're not just hooks that are dangling somewhere. Um, I wish they were a separate color. It would have been nice to see them in this bronze color, but the, the texture on this grill, the graphic itself is very nice. It's very um, business. It's very bold. There's the AEV stamp. You can put fog lights in there. You can pop that out and put different fog lights. Um, there are other fog lights down here. So some people do like amber ones here and then fog lights here that are just LED or HID. Uh, just so much going on with this truck and I, and I really liked it. So that's the end of that one. Um, I'm gonna jump over to, I don't even know what the next vehicle is, but this is the last video here that I'll show you guys um, besides the RAM. All right, folks, we're back. 
and we are in the Stellantis booth. So Stellantis for the United States is simply Chrysler G Dodge Ram and Fiat, now for Romeo and Maserati, the Italian brands. The holy trinity, if you will. We do not get Peugeot, Renault, uh, well, Renault's Nissan, but uh, Peugeot, Citroën, any of those other cool cars. Opal okay. was the what other one I was get, looking though, for. Is a Hulk, I mean a Hornet. Yeah, the Dodge Hornet, and that is this right here, which is kind of a clone of the Tenale, but... So real quick before I go on, this was a Hornet GT Plus, and it had the blackout package as well as the track package. So the blackout package gets you the gloss black uh, window and bezel surround, the greenhouse surround, um, the black mirrors, a black badge front and rear, and then you get the bigger, I believe, 20-inch wheels that are gloss black, as well as the Brembo four-piston brakes in the front with the Dodge logo. It doesn't say Brembo. Uh, you also get a few other things um, like a different uh, two-stage suspension, which you can control on the inside of the car. There's uh, Alcantara seats with like a red perforation and red stitching. A few other things that you wouldn't get on a normal GT+. Plus, But overall, I ordered... Um, an Alcapulco Gold one, which I just found out was in production, so it should be uh, built already by now. I found that out on Friday. It was a very nice, actually, no, I found it out. Yep, sorry, I did find it out Friday. Found it out Friday while I was looking at this horn, and I got an email that said your car is in production. So that was pretty cool. Usually, once it hits that production mark, it only takes 24 hours for it to get from body and white to the final line. Sometimes a little bit longer. Who knows? But I'm excited for that. This was in the gray cray, or cray gray, gray, cray gray, yeah, cray gray. And uh, the GLH in the background is um, eight ball. So take a look it's at this just car. a little bit better. And we're gonna take a quick look. Uh, I've already done some videos of the Hornet from Speed Week when they revealed the car in the first place. But let's just take a quick glance at the material quality of this car. Because some people are concerned that this falls in the category of cheap and rental and I highly disagree. First and foremost, you've got soft material up here. It doesn't give too much, but I don't think it really needs to. And you've got a nice soft material here and the feel is more like, they call it shark skin, but it's a synthetic leather and it's more like neoprene, so water resistant. And uh, By the way, if you're wondering what my hand is doing over here, <laughs> it's petting my dog. She probably heard her bark, but she came in here to, to say hello and uh, more importantly, beg for my attention so very durable you've got some nice it's kind of hard to see but there is a texture to this material and it's a nice gray plus you get the silver metal trim which also carries over here on the steering wheel and in the center console this doesn't move at all uh, the buttons the screen everything feels very solid and durable and uh, I like the feel and look of everything. In fact, I actually liked it so much, I ordered one and uh, it should be built here very soon. So, <laughs> looking at this, uh, I feel very confident that people... So I don't know if you saw that, but I, <laughs> I actually just noticed this and it's kind of cool, though I wonder from a longevity standpoint how well it's gonna hold up or if somebody's gonna be the first to break this. Look at the rear door opening. So there's this sort of C-shaped boomerang look. Normally a door would have a seam right here and you'd be left with this little piece of gloss black plastic or 
gloss black plastic right here. Uh, but what Dodge and Alfa Romeo did was they made it so that that whole piece is sort of floating. There's nothing really behind here, certainly not sheet metal. And you're left with this cutout right here. Pretty interesting. You don't see any other door that I can think of on any other car, uh, certainly not in this price point, do that. So that's an interesting design feature. Um, I'd love to know more about from the designers why they chose to do something like that. It's also interesting to note, though, that um, by doing that, I'm surprised they even put door handles down here and not just put them up here because that's what a lot of uh, other automakers would do is they would put the door handle here so you had a nice flat flush surface right here. This, uh, I feel very confident that people will love this car. You've got the nice ambient lighting. Uh, you've got Alcantara seats with synthetic leather here, USB ports, back seat covers, or a uh, back seat mat pockets on mat both pockets. seats. I've noticed a lot of car companies are skipping on that. They're only putting it on the passenger. Apparently, it might be a safety thing, but you know, why are you sitting up here and reaching back here? This is for the backseat people. If you want something up in the... So I'm not sure uh, why they do that, but it is what it is. Um, just, I'm gonna, I turned on the volume for right now because I wanted to point out some key things. One, this is not a large crossover. Some people were wondering, like, what is this compared to in size? This is very similar in size to like a Mazda CX-30 or a Jeep Compass, actually, very similar. The Tonale and the Dodge Horner are exactly the same dimensionally on the exterior as far as sheet metal goes. It's the bumpers front and rear that differ quite a bit. Um, but there was a good amount of storage space. And if you noticed, I was able to take that load floor and lower it down another three inches or so. So a decent amount of cargo space. Um, here's the performance specs if anybody was wondering. I will pause this real quick so you guys can see. Uh, here's everything you get. This is a potent vehicle. 268 horsepower for something this size. This thing is a little bit of a rocket and the zero to 60 is 6.5 seconds. So it looks great. It's a cool, fun vehicle, regardless of the fact that it's almost an exact clone of the Tenale. That should be looked as a good thing. Um, if this sells well enough, I guarantee you the next generation will look a little bit different than the Tenale. Uh, but so far already, the pre-orders and the people ordering them now, they're up there. They're very high. A lot of people want this car. And um, I am very excited to see these things on the road. I'm also excited to get mine here within the next month um but i don't know what do you guys think are you guys ex uh, as excited for this hornet as i am or could you care less uh, i think um, a lot of people are going to be very surprised and very happy with not only the performance but also the quality of the materials and just the quality of the build itself so that's the dodge hornet let's see where else i go with this um i walk over to the glh glh goes like hell this is con uh, concept right now but i i guarantee you we're gonna get these wheels we're gonna get the striping we're gonna get everything that's on this glh you can see it's lowered quite a bit almost uh, an inch and a half almost two inches um so there's a lot to love about this car and i'm pretty sure we're gonna get this uh here 
as soon as this car actually starts hitting dealerships. I love these wheels. Um, let me just flat out say, I think those are some of the coolest wheels that you can get on a car, let alone a car in this price point. A lot of other Dodge vehicles that were here. There was the um, the Black Ghost or the, the Ghost Challenger, uh, which was a nod to a another Challenger from back in the day in the 69, 71 timeframe. Um, it's actually from Detroit, and the, I think that car actually is going up on uh, auction soon too. There's the King Daytona right here. There's the Electric Charger SRT Banshee, and um, a lot of other cool vehicles. So if you're going to go to the uh, Chicago Auto Show, check all of these vehicles out. They look great. Um, now, this is the same Charger that was shown at Speed Week. They just painted it in a Viper Red. I don't know the exact name of it, but it is the same red that they used on Viper. That's uh, a very, very beautiful color. Very, a lot of red and metallic flake going on in there. Uh, it's an expensive paint job. So love what they did with this car. Uh, I think people are gonna be very surprised and very happy with it for those who actually go ahead and buy this car um, and especially do the performance upgrades. So, um, you know, here's the King Daytona in the flesh and great looking car. You can see it's a wide body Hellcat and um, uh, it's um, just a beautiful, beautiful car and super expensive too uh, because it's going to be one of the last calls. There's very limited production and, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to get a hold of one. So on to the next video and this will be the last one. Um, let me see which one we go to. I think this is the Ram. Yeah, so this is the rest of whatever Stellantis and FCA had to show. You'll see a lot of Jeeps here. A lot of these Jeeps were custom ones that they showed at the Easter Safari. And um, then you get like the Alfa Romeos, a couple of Fiats, which was interesting. Um, yes, Fiat does still make cars for the United States, but it's just the Fiat 500X. You can get it in the Trekking. You can get it in this uh, Yacht Club one. And... Um, uh, they had a Julia and a Stelvio Quadrifolio. Apparently, my video of the Ram uh, never got saved. Um, here's the Ford Mustang Mach-E GT. I talk about the Ford um, Dark Horse, which, by the way, those are carbon fiber wheels. Pretty cool. The one thing I didn't like about this car, this specific one, the Dark Horse, is how there's a lot going on in this front. And it's just this front, from this piece right here to here to here. There's so much going on, and it just doesn't feel like classic Mustang as much. These are kind of like those RTR lights, but now they're snorkels and intakes. But everything from there back is gorgeous i love this side skirt i love the sculptural details in here there's a lot of cuts there's a lot of and there's nice juxtaposition too there's a lot of hard lines but there's a lot of soft curvature here as well beautiful car and when you see this thing from the side it's really something to behold uh the silhouette and the profile of this thing is gorgeous it's it feels and looks way better than a Mustang should, I guess. 
uh, in the sense that it looks more expensive. Now, this is the Dark Horse, so yes, this one is way more expensive than the other ones, but um, interesting badge. Uh, I would have called this the Nightmare, not the Dark Horse, but whatever. Uh, check it out at the Ford booth. Um, there's also some Broncos you can go and ride and have fun in. Um, the people who are driving you along in the Broncos, definitely talk to them. Engage with them because they're really cool and they actually know quite a bit more about the Bronco than just the script that they are given. Um, there's some actual Bronco owners and they love to talk about all the features in the Bronco. I actually, uh, after driving in one, I kind of became a Bronco lever or a believer, and I kind of want one now. I, I really want a two door with all the toggle switches and the stuff and the things, you know, just everything. But they're so expensive. All right, so I apparently do not have what I do have is video of uh, these puppies, and these puppies were just so cute. So. The one thing I want to say about these puppies is that uh, you can adopt them. Um, you can go to the Chicago Auto Show, and if you're going to be there for a couple days, or if you're able to come back within three days, you can adopt one of these gorgeous puppies. These German Shepherds came from a litter of eight, and these uh, Black Labs came from a litter of, I think there's like five or six, and they were all there. So if you love puppies, you can come and adopt one. And these are in the Subaru booth, which there is one video I will show you here from Subaru because this details the new Crosstrek. I was so excited to see this vehicle. In fact, this was probably the one vehicle I actually came to see, but I got motion sickness standing on that floor. It's super cool and it looks great when it's just sort of a stagnant image. Yes, the water is running, that's really cool, but wait until this floor starts to move you might throw up i'm just saying so like right now the floor is moving i almost threw up like three times it was so disorienting like i i couldn't i actually freaked out i thought the car was moving <laughs> it's, i'm embarrassed to say that but truth be told that is what happened now this is the sport model so this is like right below the top of the line one uh, but you get a lot of these cladding that you see on the new WRX. You get different wheels. You get the yellow sport badging. You get this, uh, I forget what it's called, like solar yellow or solar whatever. Um, those accents show up on the front. I love this grill. It's very detailed. It's very sculptural and integrated. And there's a lot going on. But it's very much different than what Subaru has been doing in the past. And I love that. The interior was a mixed bag. Uh, right here felt very cheap. Now I know the Crosstrek has never been like an exotic or a luxury vehicle, but I feel like the current one does this center console a lot better. There's a lot of cool features to it, but it just felt cheap and it made it even worse finding out that they got rid of the stick shift and now all you can get is this CVT. So if you do get one of the new Crosstreks, make sure you at least get this sport model. So you get the, I think it's a 2.5 liter turbocharged boxer. I don't remember. I think the base model is a 2.0. It's just anemic unless you get the sport. If you get the sport, it actually feels like it can go somewhere. Um, these seats were interesting. <clears throat> the previous generation used material that was very similar to neoprene and was kind of waterproof in a way and easy to clean. This is 
an interesting cloth texture. It didn't feel cheap, but it didn't feel great. Like these greenish yellow accents weren't Alcantara suede. It was the same material here. It just didn't have these. Uh... Now, this was another interesting thing. That looks like Mercedes's logo. It also looks like the Fratzog that Dodge is using. Um, but whatever. It's The steering wheel is about the same as it was. It's got a few more buttons. Um, you get a fully digital gauge cluster, which looks a lot better than Acura's and Honda's. Um, and you get this massive center screen that has basically been taken from uh, its larger sibling, the Outback. What really sells me on this vehicle, though, is the color and the punchy, blocky. <sighs> there's a lot of form in here. And love it or hate it, I think, you know, because there's a lot of line work going on here. But it's way better than the current one. I love this black bar right here. I don't even know that it makes sense, but it looks cool. And, you know, there was a decent amount of cargo space. It wasn't anywhere near as much as the uh, Dodge Hornet, which was surprising. Um, and you don't get any extra cargo space underneath here, whereas in the Hornet, you do. So having that spare, while it seems great for off-roading, uh, you're probably going to take this spare out and put it on the outside of your car and get one of those, um, well, in this case, a lift gate. But they have like a swing gate hinge that goes on your trailer hitch. Um, or you're going to put it on your roof. That's what I would do. You're going to get a roof basket and do that and gain some extra cargo space here because right now you get absolutely none. And these little side cubbies, these little trays, they're pretty shallow. Um, might be nice for like shoes. You can put like a muddy shoe here, muddy shoe here, keep the rest of your car clean. Um, or maybe some treats for your dog. I don't know. Subaru loves their pets and uh, caring for their pets. So that could be something you do. But if they do make a hybrid version of this, rest assured you're going to lose even more cargo space back here like you do in the current one. Uh, and that's just something you're going to have to live with. But from the exterior also, look how much punchy these fenders are it's like they took an sti or a wrx and just threw a hatch on here and made it like what it used to be a punchy wagon but then they lifted it uh the previous generation was pretty smooth going down the side now they've added these big punchy fender flares and it looks capable now not that the other ones in the previous gen and the current gen aren't capable it's just this is even better and uh you know you get the same seats in the back decent amount of leg room in the back um unfortunately these rear seats did not recline they just fold flat giving you a bit more cargo space in the rear you know you get some usb-c ports back there but overall i was a little disappointed in, in whatever was going on here i think the current one does it a little bit better uh, but I will say it's nice to have this touchscreen up here that's so much bigger. I don't believe it was working, but what I can tell you is it's like the RAM touchscreen where it's split in a way. You can do like climate control stuff down here and all your media stuff up here. I don't know how Android Auto and Apple CarPlay are going to pan out here, but I think you get the entire real estate. And I know that the new Android Auto... Um, is now scalable so it will adapt to this cleanly and easily but you know there's a lot of nice 
cubbies here. There's a little cubby here for maybe a garage door opener or your cell phone. There's a wall or like a cigarette outlet here, which normally it's here. This would have been better having a wall outlet. You get your heated seats on little toggles, which is pretty common for Subaru. They, that's what they've been doing. You get a wireless phone charger here, some more USB ports there. Uh, and they kept this overall design, which is nice. I'm glad that they did. There's sort of like that faux carbon fiber here and it goes into the doors, but still, I think this was uh, delivered better in the current generation than in this one. Um, not bad overall. I think you get more bang for your buck. I heard that the prices aren't going up that much at all. Um, so if you're in the mood for a Crosstrek, try to get a Sport if you can, because this thing is pretty cool. All right, that's all I got for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. What a long episode. Hopefully it's worth it. Make sure you scrub through whatever you want so you can find exactly uh, all the cool things that you, um, that you were hoping to see at the Chicago Auto Show. I'm going to try and uh, add, tack on a few more pictures at the end of this, so stay tuned. And you can see some of my highlights of the auto show from a um, just a photograph standpoint. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the vehicles. I couldn't show them all here. I really wanted to spend some time on the core vehicles that were both new and also really exciting um, going forward uh, in the year 2023. So. Also, I'm sorry, I didn't get a video of the Ram. I think what I ended up happening was uh, my photographer was the one taking the video. So once I get the videos and pictures from him, I will be sure to post those. And uh, if you're in Chicago, again, make sure you go to the Subaru booth. You can donate, you can just throw cash donations into their little donation boxes, or you can uh, donate uh, or uh, adopt a dog right then and there. Do it. These puppies are just, look at it. He's just got his tongue eye. I love this dog. I love my dog too. She's so cute, but um, I, I kind of want another puppy. I, I almost took both of these home um, because I refused to separate siblings. And um, then they told me that they had eight. So I, you know, was going to separate a quarter <laughs> of them. So I didn't. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, sketch, 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 or draw, do something, learn a new talent, work on something you've never done before or something that you're trying to learn more. And just enhance yourself, enhance your, you know, it's for you. It makes you more marketable, but also you learn something new and life is really all about learning and being good to one another. So I'll finish with that. Be good to one another, love your neighbor. Go help somebody out if you can, somebody who's in need. I'm sure there's somebody in your life that you know is struggling. And uh, trust me, your help means so much more than you could possibly imagine. Uh, stay tuned for next show because I am going to Vegas. And I know I mentioned I would talk about that. I'm going to leave this very short. March 20th, uh, so in two months, I am heading to Vegas for one night. As Dodge will be showing off their last of the final call, I got a ticket. I am so excited. So if you're in Vegas, come find me. I will be there wearing my Dodge Demon shirt. Uh, actually, no, it's a Dodge um, Banshee shirt. So, you know, you can't miss me. I'm kind of bald and tan. I'll have glasses on for sure. And uh, it's going to be really exciting. It's, it's history in the making because it's probably going to be the last Hemi-powered Charger and Challenger we ever see. So... This is going to be big. I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited to do a video and podcast for you guys. So there will be a live video as well as uh, one of these podcasts after the fact. So 
Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening if you're just listening to the audio of this. And if you're just listening to the audio of this, you should probably now want to check out the video because I showed so much video. Uh, again, thank you guys so much. And um, you're what keeps me going through uh, more and more episodes of this. So I can hope to bring you fresh uh, topics on a weekly basis. Oh, and remember, I am going to be posting these now up on YouTube. So all you got to do is go and find Sketchbook Audio and you will see my videos there as well. Till next time, I'm your host, Ryan Sketch, signing off, saying good night and good fight.